Thank you for tuning in to another special edition upload of the Game Sports Show, powered by the Game Entertainment Media. This special edition upload is brought to you by Compass Imaging Group and Demansky Office Interiors, both located on 500 Industrial Park Crescent, Unit 1 in Sault Ste. Marie, the city right at the heart of the Great Lakes. Two great businesses, all in one location. Make sure to check out their social media pages as well by searching them on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get to Dave and the crew inside the Game Sports Show studio. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show special edition upload powered by the Game Entertainment and Media, GEM for short, along with thegamesportshow.com. You're currently listening to the game through one of the many media platforms, including Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Podtail podcast platforms, as well as Facebook and or Instagram, and of course, the website, as I mentioned. Now, getting to the special edition co-host, the one and only, he can wheel, he can snipe, he can selly. He's the definition of a spark plug, and let me tell you, he still is a spark plug. And he's a guy whose slap shot is trademarked from the top of the circle, always hitting top shed or hitting the glass or even giving you a souvenir in the crowd. Brendan Brooks. Brooksy, how's it going, buddy? It's going good, man. The intro just keeps getting better and better. Thank uh, you. I always like usually try to sh- throw in that trademark slap shot because it seems like a lot of people that know you or play with you or against you or anything of such knows that slap shot from the top of the circle. Head down, the clap. clapper. <laughs> clapper. It's dangerous. Still does it in men's. Now, getting to our special edition guest. He was a force to be reckoned with on the back end. Still is, if you want to jump in to talk about some men's league talk on that conversation. Former second-round pick, 39th overall, by the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Played in the OHL for the Hounds. Now assistant coach of the Hounds. A perfect model to figure yourself after if you want to be a defenseman. Heck, now Brooksy and I get the pleasure to play against him in men's league. Jordan Smith, how's it going, man? Great, Dave. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm very excited. We finally got a date and get, got you on the show. It's been a couple years coming. <laughs> it, ha- it has. Uh, yeah, I was saying earlier, you were teasing me pretty good there, saying you'd get me on. But uh, I guess you had to get some heavy hitters on before me uh, to, to kind of pick up the slack. So it's, uh, it's, good, it's good to be here, though. It is. No, very happy. And I know you actually did not have Skype where we do our recordings on here and you got to use our guest account. So uh, very happy that you're able to jump in for the recording with through that. And there was no really inconvenience on that. But I have something to jump off the hop with you right away. And a mutual friend of ours, and he's also on our show as a staff member, uh, mostly obviously on the football side through our In the Pocket segment, Matt Primo. Okay, him and I had a discussion. Obviously, you play with Preems in uh, men's league, and obviously you know Preems quite well. But he told me some good, some stories to bring up, and the one that he told me to make sure that I brought up with right off the hop was that he said that you used to push a chair around when you were young on the ice. <laughs> I did, I did. See, so Preems and I have been friends uh, pretty much our lifetime, and. Uh, yeah, I was I was a chair pusher the first year, maybe two years, year and a half. Uh, everybody, we played the cross ice back then. I guess it wasn't a big deal as it is now, but um, we did the cross ice, and I wasn't able to participate in the uh, in the games. I was off the side pushing a chair up and down because <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't skate. And uh, it's funny, uh, my dad tells it well. My mom was in tears in the stands wanted me to take him off the ice take him off the ice and uh my dad said no no he said he he's not getting off on his own so leave him leave him out there you know so i don't know i guess i was having fun off to the side you know doing my thing but 
I guess I come a long way since uh, since the Tom Thumb days at the Pee Wee. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Obviously, you also mentioned that you're by far the most competitive person that he's ever met on the ice. And oh, freeze. Uh, so cool. I thought I'd give that's, him a right off the hop, you know? Yeah, I guess so. That's uh, that's uh, that's the fun of it, right? I mean, I still have fun, obviously, playing in the in the men's league. It's competitive. It, it gets you going, but most of all, it gets you out to see the guys. It's so hard to get connected and stay connected, and uh, it's uh, it's a great way to do that. So it's Bobby Bobby D, eh? Bobby fucking D. That's what we that's what we call him because he thinks he's Bobby Orr back there in the men's league. So. <laughs> So we had to call him Bobby D, and uh, that's good. That's good. If you ever need any skinny on Bobby, uh, don't be shy to uh, to ask. And just to give our listeners a little background with uh, with Jordan as well with playing men's league right now, uh, his men's league team with yourself, and obviously you have uh, Primo, uh, you have Manu, uh, the, and uh, you have Amadio. The list goes on with the players that you have. Uh, you end up beating the game sports show men's league team in the finals last handedly, year. Handedly, handedly. No? <laughs> I think it was 4 nothing. Like fourth, five, two, even I don't remember. It was a very competitive game though up until the third period. Till I caused the winning goal. I went to Primo <laughs> and Primo gave a cross pass to I think it was McMillan, might have been, but nonetheless, I left McMillan wide open. I I don't know why I was the only guy back because I ain't no defenseman. And then you guys got the go ahead goal, and then the floodgates opened from there. And you know that's that just to give listeners a little tidbit that. The yeah, yeah, there you go, Bobby D doing what he does best, right? He's wheeling and dealing out there, playing forward as a D. So, uh, but you know, back-to-back Mayor's Cup, though, Dave. Don't uh, you know? Not a big deal as a quarter, buddy. Best, like you know, it's it's lucky the COVID hit there. Uh, I think we were we were going for the three peak. We were peaking at the right time, so. <laughs> No, Brooksy might have some different. He might think that his team well, might. Have. That was, yeah, that was it. But Brooksy didn't see the boys in the mares, right? It's a different game in the mares. It is. Pee- I heard. It's yeah, peewee. It's tight. I heard it's tight. I was going to have to put shoulder pads on for the mares cup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I felt a good check from our friend Dylan King, and my shoulder still probably hasn't been the same since the finals. There, like you, you get. Oh, bumped. guaranteed. I think I remember that you were cutting to the net. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm trying to cut to the net head down now. Okay, that's a, that's <laughs> doesn't really fly even in the mail. But that's fun stuff. It's uh, definitely a competitive league. But you know what? I, I we'll go into we'll we'll go back to when you were when you were pushing around your chair on the ice and go around when you started all hockey. Obviously, so obviously you said you came a long way, and you know obviously you did very well for yourself career wise now in the coaching realm and everything as such. So just maybe bring it up right from the start, like. Like how hockey just changed for you as you grew up. What were big impacts in your life? What were some big coaches? Uh, obviously, your father must have been a big impact. And uh, just overall, what came to be what you ended up being with with your hockey career? Yeah, well, I think hockey for me growing up, I think like most of us was, you know, you you can't really do much else in the winter. You have the outdoor rink, and and for me. Um, uh, definitely the friendships. I mean, some of my closest friends, the guys we've mentioned so far and some others are still my closest friends. And these are guys that, you know, that you, that you grew up playing hockey with. So, so it, it, uh, it teaches you a lot of life lessons and, and you obviously uh, create lifelong friendships from it. But for me, I think it was a competitive aspect of it. And it was, you know, it was, it was competing. It was playing the game. It was, it was, uh, you know, being out there, you know, I spent a lot of time. I had the backyard rink, uh, you know, growing up. But once I got a little bit older, uh, 
you know, my dad stopped doing it and I'd go over to Anna McRae and I spent a lot of time over there. Uh, I spent a lot of time over there by myself, really, to be honest. And uh, I'd walk over, wasn't too far from our house, over behind the Dunn. And uh, that's, you know, I just loved the game. I watched it and, uh, you know, I'd be watching Hockey Night in Canada. And you don't really know that how much you actually, you know, love the game when you're when you're young until, you know, you get to a certain point. Obviously, uh, I was able to play travel hockey, rep hockey. And, uh, you know, you get a little older and all of a sudden, no, oh, it's like I'm, I'm not bad. Like, I'm, I'm pretty good, you know, and. And I was lucky enough to have my dad there to, to know kind of just being a sports guy. He's a football coach, but just being a sports mind to know what I needed to do uh, to achieve my goals. Like I, I wanted to do it, right? There's that old saying, oh, if they want to do it, they'll do it. Like you have to love the game. You have to want to do it. But he showed me that path, um, you know, not from his own uh, experiences because he grew up playing football. He never played hockey. And, and that's why he put my brother and I in it. Uh, he always wanted to play, but I, I just was able to, you know, I, I was, I was able to follow a path. He, he knew, I, he knew about working out and he knew about commitment and, and, you know, and the love of the game. And he instilled those things in me. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have him kind of guide me. And, um, and once I got a little bit older, uh, Jim McMillan, Mike's dad, I was a forward, eh, till I was, <laughs> I probably should have mentioned that. Oh, I did. Yeah, I was a forward till I was uh, 10 years old, and I was on a team with Jake Daggs, Matt Daggs, and Porco, and we were we were 10 in that, and and the coach wanted to make me a de- defenseman, and I cried and cried, and I was so upset, and because back then the defenseman was so stereotypical of being you know slower and bigger and you know dumb dumb kind of thing, but <laughs> so anyways they put me back to defense in my first tournament, I I was an all-star I made the all-star team in North Bay as a defenseman so Greg Brazzo uh who's working over at Maitland uh uh or sorry uh, Highland now uh he was our coach at the time and he he switched me to defense and then I ended up making the 12 year old team in 12 13 14 Bantam and that so it's a it was a different road but yeah I was a winger boys I was a winger I was a scorer <laughs> I was a scorer you would have been like you would have been the Jamie Ben ask power forward for sure. I don't think he would have been a slap shot guy. Yeah, maybe a Tom a slap shot guy. The the Yeah, I think so. I think I could just see it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And I actually played some forward. Like I'm not we're gonna how far we're gonna get into the career, but I played some forward in Cincinnati. Yeah, when I went when I went there after my fourth year of the Hounds, I went down and met up with Cincinnati in the American league, uh, Anaheim's farm team at the time. And, uh, I played some forward during the playoffs. Um, we went to the second round of the playoffs and I was playing right wing. And I also played some forward in Portland for, uh, for half, uh, half of my 55 games that I actually played. So, so a little swing man, boys, swing man. And it almost like Bufflin <laughs> then, but maybe almost more. But obviously, I think you're in better shape than when Big Buff is. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, maybe not now. But. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing I'll say, like backtracking even with the with the Hounds, you get to um, I know Brooksy's going to do a spinoff question this, but the first thing I want to bring up with is I remember watching you when I was a bit younger. Like you're you're 
I'm not too much older than I am. I think you got about five, six years on me. So, you know what? It's, I got, when you were playing here, you had guys like, you know, Jeff Carter, yeah, Trevor Daly were teammates, and Tyler Kennedy, Brad Stobbitz. And then you were even coach under Craig Hartsburg, who obviously Craig is one of our casual staff members here on the Game Sports Show as well, uh, which I'll quote Biz on this too, not a big deal. Uh, but also, you had some good, like it's kind of a stacked team i like to say on the hounds almost it feels like with some of the talent that came out of there and overall playing with those guys just must have been a thrill too yeah i mean we we there was obviously a lot of great players to come through uh and i was fortunate enough to play with a lot of them um and obviously the ones you mentioned stick out uh for for the obvious reason they went on to and some uh, carts is still playing obviously uh uh dales as well and uh but the thing that sticks out is 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 how like those the characteristics that those particular guys had as players and as people you know they stuck out and i'm not i'm not trying to you know talk negatively about everybody else you know there's obviously uh you know good people in that but um i think just the 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 motivation and the, and the drive to be to be successful and to get to you know to get to the national hockey league and that's you know, that's what, uh, separates guys. And, and and like, are you willing to do what it, you know, what you need to do? And, and obviously talent has a big part of that as well. I mean, you could have the hardest worker and, you know, you have to be skilled and and talented enough, but that's something that I, that I tell, you know, our players to this day on the Greyhounds, I ask them on a regular basis, like, do you want to be a hockey player? Do you want to, are you willing to do what is necessary to, to do that and it's hard obviously i don't know what the percentage is they say like it's less than one percent of kids that make it to the national hockey league but you obviously you you obviously have to be skilled enough and talented enough but you have to you have to do what's necessary you have to put the work in you have have to have a good attitude and and practice is so important and that's something that uh, and brooksy could obviously speak firsthand on is it when you when you're playing professional hockey when you're at practice like you know this is this is your job like this is your job to to move the puck tape to tape this is your job to be good every single day you know and 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 that's what separates guys like Trevor and Jeff and TK and and even Brad I know Brad you know we're still very close we talk a lot and uh you know he he bang, literally banged out a career a great career um on just you know pure willingness to do whatever he had to do and that's you know and not everybody can do it and that's you know that's the reality it doesn't make you any less of a person you know there's lots of guys that went on Blair Jarrett's a doctor in town there's lots of guys that are very successful and 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 that and so but those particular people are are the ones that you know they, they stand out to you they and I'm sure Brooksy has a few too that he played with where it's like you almost knew that this this guy's gonna be successful he's going to achieve his goals right so Brooksy, oh, yeah, for sure uh the next point with uh playing with the hounds yeah no i just had a question as uh you know i'm just curious you know because a lot of guys like myself included you know i had to leave my hometown to go play junior and you being able to play like junior in your hometown and be a part of the greyhounds and uh and still be a part of it, which is amazing. Um, I'm just curious, you know, what that was like for you to be able to stay in your hometown, have the support of your parents. Like, it just seems like it was just a great opportunity and a great thing for you to have. Yeah, honestly, so fortunate. Like, I mean, 
extremely fortunate to be able to be drafted here and, and play here, live at home and, and have the, you know, your family, extended family games and friends. And I never had to overcome that hurdle of, you know, of moving away at such a young age, which obviously you, you, you know, you had to Brooksy. It's tough. It's tough on some guys. Uh, and, and it, you know, it, it has a big factor in, in your development as a player, but more importantly, probably as a person. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say enough about it. It was it was great, right? I mean, other than not being able to break curfew very much because I live with my, <laughs> at home with my dad, right? I couldn't really yeah. do that too much. Not, not that our pal Hartsey uh, let us quote that often, but, uh, you know, it was, it was good to have that support system right in the, at the back door and, and uh, obviously stay at St. Mary's. I went to St. Mary's, didn't have to, to transfer anything like that, so... So, you know, I consider myself very lucky to, to be able to have that opportunity. Yeah, because yeah, I know for myself and my own experience, the hard part is moving in with a new family. You know, it wasn't so much meeting people because you had your teammates, you went to the school. It was moving in and living with another family, another set of rules that might be different than what you grew up with. Like- that, to me, was the big adjustment. See, then when you move into that kind of different environment, then it might not be something that's the best comfort level to you, which in turn can affect your play. And at you as a as a coach, Smitty, we're gonna we're gonna jump into uh, a lot of talk with now with coaching. Uh, but you, you get to see the adjustment that the players have to make moving here. And if they're moving from Southern Ontario to here, it is a complete change, right? And yeah. Part, and and, uh, and like you said, seeing it on the other side as a coach now, like this is this is factors you have to take into consideration that especially as a new player coming in, a younger player, you see. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of timidness there. They're they're not only dealing with a new coach, but they're dealing with a new family. There there's a whole there's a, a number of different uh, variables that are affecting them, and and ultimately going to affect the way they they play, right? Like you want them to to focus on just you know n- not just hockey, but when they come to the rink, like hey, it's time to practice, it's time to go. But there is a lot of factors that you got you got to be mindful of, right? Like. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I think for the athlete, it's it's important to understand that, you know, this is why they're here. This is why they're in Sault Ste. Marie. You know, they're here to, to, to you know, achieve their hockey goals and, you know, obviously help us be successful as an organization, but also achieve their goals uh, while they're doing that. So uh, I couldn't imagine. Brooksy, like, uh, I don't know. I, I was lucky to be able to stay at home, but there are stories you hear of guys that had a really hard time and some guys come home and, you know, it's tough. It's got to be tough on, on, on the young guys. So we take into consideration with right now with the hounds and, and, you know, I think we have a great, great billet system and great billet parents and very supportive. So, you know, a lot has to be said to the organization as well too. So. No, that's but you know what one thing I remember, and I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the old gardens was something that you played a part of, which I you know miss. I the, nothing against that's I'm not shooting shots at the new rink at all. Yeah, you know, kudos to the city for getting a new rink, but you know, obviously, it just feels like that old rink. It's just that nostalgia to something that you know I always look back on. But there's one thing that I remember that might make you laugh a bit because. I think you played with these two guys, uh, Druce and Kajuski in that, okay? And I remember the fans chanting Druce and Druce on saves, okay? <laughs> it, it, and obviously you as a defenseman, you got, they were – those are both pretty good goaltenders when they were here, in particular Kyle Kajuski. Uh, like you must – 
being a defenseman on a team that already had some pretty good defense, knowing that you have some capable goaltenders in the back end, do you hear when the fans do that? Does he hear that? Did he ever make a comment to you like saying, hey, uh, hey Jared, uh, do you hear the fans out there? That's how good I am. You know what I'm saying? Did he ever oh. like that or anything? <laughs> Juice might have said something like that at one point just to hear his own name, but uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, the Gardens – yeah, the guards is obviously a great rank. Uh, it's uh, it's you know to be able to sit here now and say, oh yeah, I played in the in the old rink. It's uh, you know I'm not that old, right? So it's 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 kind of cool, and uh, we still have a seat hanging in our garage um, from the you know the old blue seats hanging in our garage still from the old rink. And uh, no, yeah, I mean you hear a little bit. You probably hear more of uh, as a coach than you do as a player. The player you're focused on the game and. Uh, you might hear the odd thing. I remember playing Kitchener was always pretty wild for fans and chirping and, uh, and they'd get on you pretty good. They, they were the last rink to have uh, uh, glass behind the bench. So this, the fans and the odd were like right there and it was, they'd fall. They'd be just, you know, and you can hear them, but I think now as a coach, you hear more cause you're, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of just standing there. You're kind of stagnant. You can, you know, you're a little bit more aware of, you know, you hear different things and, uh, but ah, you know, fans are pretty good. I think they're pretty good here for the most part. They've been pretty supportive, pretty patient with us for the last, uh, you know, this last season, especially, but, um, big things to come hopefully, but, uh, nothing like, oh man, nothing like the odd Brooksy ever, you played the oh, odd, yeah. like oh, there. Yeah. Oh, like, for me to come. As a team coming from out of town, yeah, uh, it was terrible to play because it was always so cold in there. I remember it being so cold in there. I don't know if that's yeah. just my, yeah, it, like it's it's, uh, it's a it's a great rink. Like you talk about the, the nostalgia ice, and the ice character. Was so fast. I remember the ice being so hard. Yeah, oh, they, and and you know what? Like, they as were... a skater, I used to love coming to the Sioux. But it was like I just remember being so cold. <laughs> oh yeah, the suit for sure. Yeah. Oh my God. The old <laughs> the uh, the visitors' room was wild. Obviously, being from the Sioux, we dress in it. But oh yeah. Oh, the old rink was great. It was great. And there's and the like, fans too. Oh yeah, they were right on top of you. It was good. See, and there's a couple more points you even want to bring about the OHL. I know actually going back to our mutual friend Matt Primo told me to bring up one thing. He reminded. Um, me of an interview that we did actually one of one of our previous specialist uploads with Kelsey Wilson, obviously another guy that played uh, that you currently. Uh, well, we had a pretty funny interview when Kelsey was on the show, but uh, he brought up uh, Kelsey brought up a story about a time that you two fought each other. Well, we're in it's I think it was like a Sunday afternoon or in Guelph TV game, uh, Sportsnet national televised game and. And, uh, I, yeah, I pinched down and I, I gave Deggs a rough ride and I jammed up his wrist in the glass and that, and he went off, whatever. And the period ended. And, and, uh, so we come out for the third and he, he, and there's, you know, he's a, it's TV game. So there's a big pause before the opening faceoff. You're waiting there for it. And, uh, you know, you're waiting for the light to go off so the ref can drop the puck, right? It's on air. So he yeah. says to me, he, he, he says, <laughs> you broke Deggs' wrist. I said, I don't, I don't care, whatever, you know, I was like, I don't care, you know, and obviously Matt and I, Jay, were all good friends, and he said, well, he said, let's go, I said, okay, let's go then, and uh, I, like, I, I don't remember exactly how, 
you know, the fight went, but I remember that if you're going to fight your buddy, it was probably the best case scenario because I don't think anybody won and nobody really lost. And, uh, I think we both missed each other with a real good one. Like he missed me and I missed him and I might've, I might've threw one when he was, <laughs> when he was down, but, uh, no hard feelings. We're, we're still, you know, we're still real good friends and uh, that's part of it. Like, Hey, that's, uh, you know, that's the, not, that's competitiveness where it's like, I, you know, I don't really care who you are. It's like, you know, and for his case too, he didn't care who, that he was my friend. He was sticking up for days. He was sticking up for his teammates. So good times. Yeah, that was wild. I think our phones blew up pretty good after that. Holy crap. I bet that could have caused definitely stir here uh, in the Sioux. And the last thing I wanted to bring up too with you all, I'm sure playing with Carter Daly and TK and those guys, uh, you must have had a little bit of tales about each guys. I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot with one that you remember, about one story maybe about one of those guys that you wanted to bring forward, like even in particular with uh, maybe Tyler Kennedy, who we've actually had on our show previously. TK, the TK was always pretty, uh, TK was just an unbelievably hard worker. And obviously he's, he had a great career, you know, he won the cup. Like he's a phenomenal job. Great guy. Um, not nothing too like juicy, but uh, hockey wise, hockey wise, um, it would have been my second year. Maybe I think it was my second year at Dale's third or fourth year. And the, the uh, well it's Budweiser Gardens in London now but it used to be the John Labatt Center so the JLC as it was you know short form the JLC just opened and we're in there and and the London was always pretty good right obviously um, but anyways we were we were down two nothing or something going to the third and uh and Dale's scores okay so he scores whatever scores a goal three uh two one so he goes, then he gets the pocket. He goes like end to end scores like, and there's 10,000 people in the building. And if you, if you, when you're in this building, like this, this is like, you feel like you're in the show, right? There's 10,000 upper bowl. You're playing the nights. Like it's just impossible not to be up for this game. He goes end to end. He scores. He ties it. Holy shit. Right. He ties it. So we're going overtime. Well, obviously Dale's again, End to end scores. We win it in overtime. He got the hat trick. It was like, what just happened? <laughs> like this guy, Dale's did some things that like, you know, that just took you right out of your seat. Even as your teammate, you were like, wow, this guy is incredible. You know, he's dynamic and uh, he's had an unbelievable career. I love, I love Trev. He's, he's a great guy and uh, he's deserved everything that he's got. So that, that to me, that's the kind of stuff that sticks out. I mean, Cart scored 35 every year in his sleep. I mean, big deal. You know, that's, it's kind of like, but Dale's, he had that ability to, to just, wow. You know, like he was incredible. So incredible junior, obviously great career now. So it was great. You know, it was great to be around those guys. It's great to be around those guys. I remember Jeff Carter scoring from the top of the circle on wrist shots, though, not clap bombs, Brooksy, but nonetheless. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Uh, here's Ray Emery, okay? So, I, God rest his soul, Ray was, you know, he's a, he was a great guy. But anyways, he was our goalie my first year. I'm an underager. He's our goalie. And I sat directly across from him in the room, okay? The old room in the gardens was an L shape. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 I sat like right across from him and Ray was the most intense competitor that you've ever met in your entire life like I know that's well documented 
but like this guy was wild. So this to a point where, and, and we would laugh about it now if we could, but I wouldn't even shoot on him in warm up because he, you know, if you shot too hard, he'd get mad. And if you shot, if you shot too soft, he'd get mad. And, uh, you know, he was just another guy that, you know, you love to follow along even when he, you know, even when stuff wasn't great for him, you just always were rooting for Ray and, uh, and he he was a he was a great great teammate and ultra ultra competitor. Oh, definitely. And they, obviously that memorable fight that he had when he was up in the show is something that with him smiling is something. Oh, that which I, one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Peters <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah. It Andrew was Peters. Yeah, and he's smiling the whole time, right? And they, like it's uh, it's too bad he wasn't able to host a cup uh, hoist, sorry, a cup uh, when he was there against the Ducks. But you know the uh, the Ducks were a pretty powerful team there with the kid line. Then you had Pronger and Niedermeyer back there, yes. so it's kind of difficult for the uh, Sanders. But Brooksy, going over to yeah. you, next next steps after the OHL uh, for Smitty. Yeah, so uh, you know, obviously you got the draft coming up, and uh, I was just wondering, like, are you just you know sitting there knowing exactly where you're headed, where you're going, which team? Uh, what's what went through your mind during uh, that process? You know, uh, to go to Anaheim eventually, and uh, is that where you knew you were going to go, or uh, had there been a bunch of other oh, teams? That's, well, that's a good question. So, well, quite a few, quite a few teams showed interest. Um, I was a late addition to um, the combine, like the, the training testing combine. So when it was initially released, I don't know who they picked, the top uh, 100 prospects from, you know, in the world, right? Or who, I don't know, I don't know how met, what the number is. But anyways, I wasn't on the initial list. So uh, I don't know how it worked out or if there was, I guess there was a lot of teams that wanted to see me. There was quite a number of teams that, you know, they wanted me there. So I get the late call. They say, you're going, I'm going, holy shit. Right. I haven't really done much like taking my time off after the season. So I started working out at, um, St. St. Mary's and, uh, I went down there. I did pretty good, but I had, I think I had like 19 or 20 interviews with teams with NHL teams. And, um, so you go there and you check in, you got your roommate and you get your, you get your own itinerary and you know, it'll say, okay, you, uh, over the course of two days or three days, whatever it is, you go there, your fitness testing is on this time block. And then you'll have your interview times. You'll say, you know, 1215 Boston, 12, one fifteen, whatever Detroit. So I had 20 interviews. So I did, I, you know, I thought that was pretty good. So I go into Anaheim interview and, uh, they, I thought it was, you know, went well and, they asked me a few questions about my game and whatnot and this and that. And, and I said, you know, at the end of the interview, you know, thank you, all that stuff. And, and uh, Chuck Fletcher, because the Ducks were in between GMs. They let go Brian Murray. Okay, they had Brian Murray, who left, passed away there a few years ago. And they, they, were, they were, uh, had Chuck Fletcher running the draft. And... Um, Oh, what was that other guy's name? I can picture him too. Anyways, Chuck Fletcher was running the draft. Was he it was Ber- just re- no, no. Berkey oh. came in after the draft. They, oh. they were in. They were in between GMs. That's right. That's so. Right. So they say Berkey had his hands on on the draft, just not officially. But Chuck Fletcher ran the draft. So, anyways, he goes to me. He goes, "How many more interviews do you have?" And I said, "I have. I don't know. I don't know." I said, "I have about 15, 16 more interviews." He goes, "Go screw up fifteen interviews for me." And I, and I was like, and I shook his hand. I'm like, uh, uh, you know, you don't really know what to say. I'm like, 
uh, you know, like you're sure. so trying to be so professional and so serious. <laughs> and I'm going, okay, sure. Like, yeah. No problem. Right. And, uh, so that, that really stuck out to me. And then, and then, uh, you know, speaking on that combine, you know, like this, I go into Columbus, I sit down in Columbus and uh, big table of guys. There's about 12 scouts around GMs there and everything, whole nine yards. Sam McMaster, who I didn't know, you know, who Sam McMaster is. Like he was, he, I think he ran the hounds when they went 33 and 0 or whatever. So he goes to me, he goes 33 and 0. And I'm going, and I'm going, okay, this is the first thing I sit down and trade was 33 and 0. I said, okay. Uh, yeah. That I said, the Greyhounds went 33 and 0 on home ice. That was my team. Bada, bada, bada. He says to me, he goes, so where do you see you? Where do you see yourself going in the draft? And I said, well, I, I see myself as a first day guy. Cause back then rounds one through three were on the first day. Now it's just round one, but they yes. did the first three rounds. So I thought I'm the first day guy, first three rounds, right? He goes, what does your game need work on? I said, you know, my skating, I said, my lateral movement, you know, I could probably be a little bit lighter and all this stuff. And, and he goes, okay. He goes, so you, you, so you need, your skating needs work. You need to get lighter. You need to improve your overall game. Why the fuck should we take you in the first three rounds? Just like that. <laughs> and I goes back in my chair I'm going, Wah, ah, ah, you know, like, you know, so it's just funny things, funny <laughs> memories like that. <laughs> oh yeah. He well, caught me right, caught me right off guard. It was just like that. You didn't even have to screw up that interview. No, I, you know, it was like, holy shit. So, I mean, two, I'll talk about, you know, two opposite ends of the spectrum. One team telling you they love you. And then the other team, you know, testing you, testing you is what they were doing. But anyways, we go down to the draft. It was in Carolina. And the whole family goes down, and uh, they picked ninth, and they picked 39th. And they picked Ladislav Smid, who was a defenseman, ninth overall check. And he ended up getting dealt in the pronger trade, and then they took me at 39. But I didn't even hear my name called. That's what I never – I don't think I've really ever told a lot of people that. <laughs> is, uh, so I'm not in the first – the first round's over, so the guys don't go on stage, right? So they do it from the table, and – so Anaheim's picking, and I thought, okay, this is, you know, they told me this, they told me that. And uh, they said, oh, from uh, 39th overall from the Canadian Hockey League, or from the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds of the Canadian Hockey League. And I, and I went, yeah. <laughs> and I guess they said my name because it was me, but uh, I didn't hear it. You didn't Wild. hear it. <laughs> I didn't even hear it, guys. I'm not even, I'm not even joking. I did not, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. And uh, I, luckily it was me. It wasn't. It wasn't TK. It was me. So I didn't look like a complete fool, but, uh, <laughs> we were, we were pretty surprised. You know, it was obviously, uh, it was, it was one of the greatest days of my life and, uh, it was awesome. It was, it was great. And the crew that, that like our agency had a number of guys there at the draft. So like Dave Bolin was there and, uh, birdie, a couple guys that, you know, never really materialized great careers, but we had a, we had a great time. It was, it was such a good time. And, Obviously, fulfilling uh, fulfilling a, a goal of mine was was good, so it was uh, it was exciting. Yeah, see that those draft stories are key. Okay, like those are always so interesting because you get so many different uh, cases. We had Terry Ryan on the show. I remember him talking about a few of his. Remember that Brooksy? Like, he, oh, yeah. just, there's always just so many uh, different funny ones, and that McMaster one must be one of the best ones that I've heard so far. But it's oh, good. It was, it was it was wild. It was that one was wild. 
But when the Ducks drafted you, like, you transition now. You get drafted by them. Uh, you know, you, you played out your years with the Hounds. And then uh, you go play a couple of years um, it was Cincinnati and Portland. And obviously, as you mentioned, you played both D and Wing, which is fantastic. Brooksy wanted to bring up a, a mutual friend of ours that we discussed on air, our off-air, sorry, about some particular fights or maybe, not maybe not even fights, I don't know if you fought him or not, but you know him, and I'm going to let Brooksy bring up that individual that we also have had on the show. Well, yeah, obviously he's a member of the game sports show is uh, Trevor Gillies, and uh, <laughs> I know we were talking about him, uh, you know, he was just recently on Spitting Chicklets, and uh, I know you guys uh, have been texting back and forth and are good friends, and I know you got a Gillies story because there's so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh this guy man this guy this that guy. guy you know obviously we had him on the show before he was on checklets not a big deal sorry biz taking your quote uh and also you know we when we had him on the show it was an hour and 45 minutes Mitty. I, I mean for and like it was a fantastic show with the content that guy could provide he Love is him. an absolute specimen man he is a specimen i didn't get the chance to meet him in person yet but i'd like to because i can just imagine the stories that guy has potentially with a chew in his mouth maybe too but i'll give you the uh the floor on some uh, trevor gilly stuff well you, you just out you said i don't know if you fought him put it this way like it's like if there's a guy you do not want to fight it's trevor gillies <laughs> like and i fought some guys that were bigger and whatever but like I just just knowing them and, and being around them and playing with them, it's like no, I do not want anything to do with that guy. This guy's a killer. This guy's a legit killer. But he was my roommate on the road, and he was he was super good to me, right? I was only 19 when I got there, and I was you know turning 20 in the fall in November. But uh, you know he took me under his wing, but in a good way. Not a not a not a you know not a goon kind of way but he you know he showed me a, you know you need to work out during the day you need to work out at the rink and 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 you need to be ready even if you're not in the lineup and um and he was great he was great to me he'd have me over for dinner you know make sure that i was included in team activities and things like this sounds kind of cheesy but it's true like you know guys going for lunch hey smitty let's go we're going for lunch you know um but our so so one of my first games right one of my first games this guy's the heavy like I myself in the American Hockey League I'm like a middle I was like a middleweight like you know these guys are heavy that's tough so, individuals that's yeah so like I was a middleweight Kez was like oh yeah I fought I fought heavyweights right but like I'm not I wasn't classified as a heavyweight like I wasn't big enough which is so but anyways we're, we're I forget who we're playing Gillies already has a couple tilts it's like oh my god right like this guy's an animal and and I'm on the bench and this guy, obviously, we know, we've seen the clips from the Islanders. He's a super intense guy, takes his job very seriously, uh, you know. And, and so we're on the plays going back and forth. And I'm sitting on the bench waiting to, get, waiting to get the call, right, from the coach. And I look over, and Gillies has a chunk of Vaseline hanging, <laughs> hanging from his eyebrow, okay? Hanging from his eyebrow because he Vaselined his forehead <laughs> so the punch so that the punches would slide off like guys do this this is this is a legit thing he's got a chunk of vaseline hanging there and i look over and i'm looking at this guy going holy am i glad this guy's on my team <laughs> like like i'm not kidding you guys and obviously he's got his face like he's he's a he's a scary dude right 
and and this this chunk's hanging from his eyebrow and he's just waiting to go and i'm going holy like thank god this guy's on my team right now and and that and he used to he vaselined his whole arm like he vas- <laughs> he vaseline his forearm so that he'd slide his arm out of the thing and i'm coming from junior where it's like you know if a guy runs our best player and I'll stick up for him and I'll fight, do whatever. This guy's like strategic. He's he's <laughs> oh, yeah. showing me stuff. Oh yeah, he's showing me. He's like, oh yes, Smitty. He's like, you gotta wear a goalie jersey. I'm like, goalie jersey. He's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. Then then if they grab you, you can you can move around. I was like, Gillies, I'm not wearing a goalie jersey, man. You know, but he he was he's a his heart. He's got the biggest heart, Brooksy. You know, oh, you, yes, you, you stood you stood up at his wedding. Yeah. This guy, this guy would give you the shirt off his back. Like that's, that's almost insulting to say about him because he's, he's just such a great guy. And uh, he does, he, you know, I know he's, he, he got some hot water there for some stuff he did, but this is, this is, this is him. And he took his job because, very, ser- very seriously. And uh, obviously, yeah. you know, and he, he was, was good at it. He was really he, good at it. He was and, good at it. And you know, if, you tried he, to, if you tried to take it, like if you tried to drop the mitts of somebody, he would get mad at you because that's not your job. Like Brooksy, even when we had, yeah. say, remember when you fought, you don't do that. You don't, you, that's no, his. You don't steal. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to steal a major from him. That was for sure. Oh, well, no. yeah. Well, there are certain guys that like, you yeah. know, no offense to Brooksy, even myself. Like yeah. there are certain guys you're like, I'm not, I'm not fighting this guy. Like, no, this is, no. this is not, <laughs> this no. is not. We'll me, leave it no. for his territory. But the the thing is, Trevor, I know him very well, and the beauty of Trevor is he treats his teammates like family, and that's the best word for him. When you're his teammate, you're his family, and he'll do whatever he has to to make you better or protect you on any level. And you know, there's not many guys out there that you know loved his job like he did, and he did it well. Yeah, yeah and, and you know what, that team. That was a great summary of Trev, and that team was was like that. Like obviously, uh, it was a tough year for me for me that year. Obviously, with the injury, but these are guys I still talk to. And and you talk about the Ducks winning in in '07. Like those were some you know those guys transitioned to that team. Obviously, had the big dogs Pronger, Niedermeyer, Solani. But yeah. you know the like Pens Pens well, was there, Getzi was there, well, Par- Pears was there. You well, know, yeah, Shane, I, Shane O'Brien, Shane O'Brien, just gonna say, you got 500 OB, some had... games, like Aaron Rome, like I'm not going to name the whole guys, but if you no. look that team up, Zenon Kanofka, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Gavey was the captain of that team, yes, you know, what? he's a legend, like, you know, and uh, Ryan Shannon who played and, and P.A. Parento and Kunitz, Chris Kunitz was with us for a bit, like, you, I'm not going to go down the list, but you get the idea that. You know there were some very very good guy very good players there, but even even better guys. You know it was uh, Kevin Deneen was our coach. It was a great it was a great year, and despite what happened, I mean that I look back on that year as a, uh, and we won. We, we we didn't win at all, but we were successful. We had a very good regular season. We lost in Game Seven to um, Hershey, and um, it's funny we were down three nothing to Hershey in the conference final. Okay, and uh, we were down three nothing. And I went in not to pump my tires, but I went in and I talked to the boys. I said, Dino, I want to go talk to the boys before game four. He said, Sure, go ahead. So I went in there. Can't even really remember what I said. I wouldn't share all of it, but anyways, I talked to the boys. There we ended up winning game four. We win game five. We win game six. It's game seven. Okay, we got game seven against Hershey in Hershey. 
the Ducks get beat out. So they send us Penner, Perry, and Getzlaff for game seven. <laughs> Load up. And we lost. Oh, wow. And we lost. And it's like, I've still talked, I've talked, I've asked, actually asked Gillies this question because we're on topic of him kind of. Was like, you know, what do you think? Why do you think that we lost that game? Like, you know, we got those, like, those are like, how do you not put those guys in the lineup? And I'm not saying that they didn't, you know, I think Paris even scored, like, they played well, you know, but it's like we, we, we lost in overtime. Eric Fair scored the winner, but it's like, hey, when it's, you don't change the lineup, you know, you come down and it's like, wow, what a, what a coaching decision that must have been. You know, I know obviously it's above a coach at that level. It's, you know, more of a managerial point where it's like you're getting these guys for game seven, you're putting them in the lineup. But uh, but what a great season that was with those guys. It was uh, despite of everything that happened with me, you know, and, and then that was the difference. The guys like Trev and Obi and Gaves and guys that, that, you know, it's just it's more than just hockey, right? These are guys that they love you and you go to war with each other and for each other. It's a special bond. It is. Now, Brooks, I know you wanted to bring up some of those guys in particular. I know us, uh, maybe obviously probably a good amount of that, but did you want to go uh, further with a couple of the guys? Well, no, uh, no, not really. I just, you know what I mean? Because I was just going to say like how tough, you know, some of the guys that were on that team, like oh. you had, I'm looking, looking down, like you had Kip Brennan as well, who's yes. an absolute tough guy as well. Yes. Uh, who I fought, who I fought yeah. the year before. Yeah. scary scary dude scary he's another dude. scary yeah. dude and yeah and, you know ob and kanapka who fought you had jeff peters a st Catharines boy yeah uh, pd i've known him we played uh, minor hockey together uh you know he was a guy that could score but he could fight as well so uh, yeah what well, a team berkey's, you know berkey's team man berkey's team we were tough <laughs> we were we were tough like and you had to be like you go up there it's a different world like yeah. You know, you, you, obviously back then you were talking 15 years ago. It's obviously the dynamics changed, but uh, you know a lot of those guys could still play. Like PD could play, Z, uh, Z could play, like Canops could play, Ob could play. You know, Gillies, he could play a little bit, but you know what I mean. He was kind of like the guy that's like, okay, this is a heavyweight, but everybody else played, and that's you know obviously. You know, all those guys I just mentioned, they all went on a lengthy NHL careers, I think, because of that, right? They were good and they were tough, so. Very, very tough, right? Like, and that's where the game, we've talked about this numerous times on the show, is how the game is different, where it's kind of pulling away from that kind of tough, tough, tough guy-esque thing, where obviously, maybe we'll get more into that once we kind of bring up here with coaching with the Hounds, but you have that team in Portland and Cincinnati and all that, the, the ducks farm system and the prospects they're bringing up at that time was awesome, right? Like we, you mentioned all the guys like overall, the ducks have been uh, bringing up some good prospects over the, over the time, even today, you know, they're bringing a good amount of players up. They brought up Fowler, right? Josh Manson, a late round pick. I'm a big fan of Josh Manson, the way he plays defense, right? There's that organization seems like it was well put together and Berkey, you know, I know after he left the Ducks and he jumps over to go be a GM in Toronto, he faced a lot of criticism, but that's the job in Toronto. Obviously, uh, someone that we know is a general manager from the Sioux, Kyle Dubas, he's facing no, not not criticism or anything like that, but like the expectations high all the time in Toronto, where it seems like in Anaheim, they have a good system going. The expectations aren't as high, but you obviously want to provide for your fans that success on the ice, and the Ducks have been able to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. I mean, it's, uh, you know, obviously maybe a little bit easier in, in that, uh, you know, in that environment in Southern California. Hockey's obviously not, 
not the number one sport, but they do, they love their ducks, you know, and, and, and the Kings obviously have had success, a couple of cups in the last, uh, you know, 10 years. So it's, it's, uh, it's obviously, it's grown the game. I know Pears and, and uh, Getzlaff had a huge initiative out there getting youth, uh, you know, underprivileged youth in hockey in the Orange County area. And that's, uh, you know, that was outstanding to see that from those guys. Those guys are great and, and building the game that way. But, I mean, I always get a kick out of, like you say, Doobie under, you know, for the fan base and everything like that. But, like, Doobie's got a boss. I'm sure he's feeling more pressure, you know, uh, to uh, to to succeed from himself and, and obviously his superiors <laughs> than the media. You know, like there's always obviously that hunger to, to do well internally and uh, to be the best you can. And I think, you know, even here in the Sioux, you know, people, I live here, I, you know, I'm here 12 months a year and, and you know, uh, people aren't aren't afraid to share their thoughts with me on a regular basis, right? Sometimes you <laughs> just nod your head, nod your head and get your coffee and have a good day and tell them it's not hockey season yet. But it seems like it's hockey season 12 months of the year here, which is... Uh, it, you know what? It's a great, it's a great, it's a great place to be. I, I I love it here. I can't say enough good things about it. And but I mean, in terms of you know building prospects and 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 having sustained success, it's so difficult. It's so difficult. Yeah, and you it's, know, I couldn't I couldn't imagine. I mean, it's difficult at our level, right? It's the Ontario Hockey League is so competitive, and uh, it, it's it's amazing. You see when you see the same, you know, you see. I think outside of last year, you know, the Sioux has obviously been a premier program, London, Kitchener. These teams are always pretty good, and, and it's it's a feather in the cap to to the individuals running it because it's a tough competitive league, and, and obviously the NHL is a whole other ballgame. But, you know, I wouldn't want to be in charge of, of picking them. I'll coach them, but I wouldn't want to be picking them. I can tell you that for free. No, that's definitely tougher. Now, Brooks, I'll go over to you next. I know we got a couple topics we wanted to bring up before we let uh, Smitty go. It's Dave McKager alongside Brandon Brooks and, of course, uh, George Smith with our special edition interview. Uh, Brooksy, I'm uh, going to go to you for the next point uh, that you want to uh, bring up, maybe potentially post-AHL uh, days. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I actually just wanted to talk about, uh, you know, your transition into coaching, you know. Um, Going from the Sioux Thunderbirds, you know, as a head coach, uh, and then now you're an assistant coach with the Greyhounds. I, I'm really curious about the difference uh, that has that that job is. You know, you're. I was fortunate enough to come and be a part of the Thunderbirds uh, before the season, getting ready for myself to go over. So I got to see you and and how passionate you are and uh, how much you love coaching. I can just see it. And uh, I'm just curious, you know, that difference you have between the two now uh, and how that's going. Well, it's funny, Brooksy, you, you got to dig deeper, brother. You got to go, you got to go back to the Thunder Bay days. That's where it's, it's funny when I, when I finished at Lakehead, finished playing, I had, I had a bunch of offers to go. I, I, had, I had two offers in England, Denmark, uh, Norway and then the East Coast I had three or four offers and all the premier like all the places you want to go Fort Wayne you know Manchester Sheffield like the I wasn't just like you know you're not going to Hall or anything and and I thought you know what I called my agent and he said what do you want to do I said I want to coach he said well then start coaching and that year that following year I coached midget single A and it's it's ironic because I was just telling a guy a story this the first practice, we're like the bad news bears, these guys. The first practice, <laughs> I, I get them to go up the middle of the ice, just passing back and forth. 
and they can't they can't do it. I'm not even kidding you. And it's like we ended up make a long story short, we ended up winning the whole league, you know, which was with a and it was just a, such a rewarding experience for me. And uh, the guy I was coaching with pretty much just let me take the reins. So the following year is when I uh, I was with the Kings, Thunder Bay Kings, and then I got on with the North Stars halfway through the season. And the following year is when I went to uh, the Thunderbirds. And the biggest, to answer your question, Brooksy, sorry to blabble on here, but oh, you're good. to answer <laughs> your question, like for, for the difference between my first year, you know, uh, as a head coach in the Thunderbirds to now, like I'm a completely refined coach. I'm not a different coach, but I'm refined. You know, if you would have asked me uh, in my second or third year with the Thunderbirds, you know, we won the Dudley in, in my third year. If you would have asked me, are you ready to jump up to the next level? I would have said, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I was I was trying to get up then. And it's like, you know what? In reality, I wasn't. I wasn't ready. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's uh, it's like, uh, I don't know the term they say, but, you know, it's like unanswered prayers are, are good sometimes because I wasn't ready to make that transition to be, you know, a full-time professional coach, not because I wasn't capable of it, but just because I didn't know exactly what went into it. And it's funny, even now people would be like, Oh, is that a full-time job? And you're like, yeah, yeah, actually it is. <laughs> you know, you know, like I'm paid, I got a, I got a paid salary, you know? <laughs> and it's like, people are like, what do you do all day? And it's like, yeah. well, you, you want to know my itinerary, but you know, yeah. you get there, you get there at eight, you know, you, you maybe do a little bit of video. You're on the ice usually for skills. Uh, you get off the ice after an hour and go back to your video and, you know, there's so much things to prepare for. So I would cover the penalty kill with, with the Greyhounds right now and obviously defense. So you're working on not only, uh, you know, not only penalty kill for your team, but pre-scope penalty kill on who you're playing uh, and an individual video for each defenseman. So I'm lucky I have seven, you know, and Diener and Tards, I got, they cover the 12 forward or 14 forwards, but I got seven guys that I need to show, you know, hey, hey, this is, I need to show you your video from the weekend on what you did well, what you need to improve on. So it's, it's like, if I had to put an hour on an hourly, you know, rate on the week, I wouldn't even be able to tell you, you know, you could ask, you could ask my partner, Carrie, she have a better idea. She probably did too much, but it's like, you know, you get your one day off of the week, but it's pedal to the metal, man. You gotta, and you gotta love it. It'll, if you don't love it, then you, it's going to eat you up because it's, it's difficult. It's, it is difficult, you know, you're, but you have to do it. And at the end of the day, it's rewarding to see, see guys achieve their goals. Like throughout the Thunderbirds, I was lucky enough to have some players that, you know, like Boris Kachuk sticks out, obviously he had a, he's had a great career with the Hounds. He's, you know, I don't know if he's got his game yet, but he's definitely very close. Um, and not only in the hockey aspect, but you know, guys that are, they're calling me and asking me, Hey Smitty, can you, can you be a reference for me on my police uh, application? That kind of stuff is like huge for me. You know, it's like, absolutely. You know, I would love to do that. And it, uh, it's, it's, it's special right being able to help these guys and now with the hounds it's a little bit obviously it's more serious it's a higher level and these guys are you know trying to get drafted into the nhl they're trying to sign pro deals they're trying to figure out you know their future and to be able to have an impact on that is 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 awesome it it really is it really like the slightest impact like you know maybe if even if they could pick up one thing for me or learn one thing whatever that's just great you know so it's rewarding guys but it's uh but it's a lot of work like it's 
a lot of work done behind the scenes that people don't realize. It is. Now, I, obviously, I know that uh, my Brooksy jumped ahead for talk about the coaching side there things, but like, you brought it up there with Thunder Bay. We're going to tie in these two topics all together. And playing at Lakehead, you know, you play there. You spent a lot of time there, even some local guys that are known here, like Matt Carrier, Mike Quinnell, Matt Diaz, I believe, was there for one of the years. You know, you had, you had an opportunity there in Lakehead where I feel like, you know, you decided on your path to coaching. You decided, um, you know, you had fun playing still, uh, getting back into the game and everything of such. And it, it must have molded you to the coach that you are now there, the experience there. I don't know if that's – I know you had the experiences uh, coaching, uh, you know, the Kings and coaching the uh, the North Stars there in Thunder Bay, which obviously molds you to a coach to go to the Thunderbirds and go on from there. But to get into that path, being you must have been around some good influential figures at Lakehead uh, to be able to understand you wanted to go down that path because obviously that wasn't maybe a path for you at first where I'll, I'll even bring up something after when I finished playing NOJHL junior A, I ended up coaching Blind River as an assistant coach and coaching and commuting back and forth was tough uh, right off the hop but also to be able to coach and see it on a different spectrum I, I do miss coaching but I'm much more happier now doing what I am now because we're talking on one of my passions that we're doing so it, it's something that if you love to do uh, and you're good at it you get the players respect it's just seamless it doesn't matter uh, like the type of players that you even have like look at uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, there's a team that's coached by John Tortorella. Then you look at a team like Toronto's coached by Sheldon Keefe, where I believe they're obviously two different coaches. It's just so unique to see the figures that you can be around in that environment to make you make it either make you a better coach or make you want to get into coaching. So there must have been something there when you played at Lakehead that sparked that. Well, in- yeah, I don't, I don't Not so much Lakehead. I mean, uh, we, uh, you know, I enjoyed my time there and it, uh, yeah, I met some great people in that, but for me, even even like rewind even to my days with the Greyhounds, like I always I always ran the hockey Greyhound hockey schools. Uh, I you know I was obviously living here, so I but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being on the ice. I enjoyed teaching, and I probably inherited a bit of that from my dad, right? Like he yep. was coach football for thirty years, Legend. right, and been around sports and and like I think he instilled that kind of coaching demeanor in me, right? Like he's always teaching me about thinking positive and and the power of of you know mental toughness, being mentally tough and 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 you know and just always trying to be, do your best and all those fun all that fun stuff for for coaching. So I always had that knack kind of in me, and uh, I always felt that I wanted to do it, but. Um, you know, I, I, I revert back to a lot of the coaches that I played for too, as a player, like I had some, I had some interesting coaches, you know, and I, I use that word politically correctly. You know, I had Hartsey. It's lucky enough to have Hartsey twice for two years. I had the Beezer who we're not going to get into that, but I had the Beezer. I had Marty Abrams, right. I went to, I, uh, in Cincinnati, when I went down, I had Brad Shaw. I had Brad Shaw, who's currently the assistant in Columbus. Uh, his assistant in Cincinnati was Dan Balsma, who we all know, Coach Stanley Pittsburgh, Stanley Cup winner, right? And then the following season, and even in the summer camps, the summer camps in that with Anaheim, like Babs was there. Mike Babcock was the coach of the Ducks. So right. when we, when I went to the summer camp and the rookie tournament in the fall, which I'm sure Brooksy attended a couple of those, Babs was our coach, like fucking Mike Babcock's running the team. And, and then in Portland, I had Kevin Dedean, who's still coaching to this day. 
phenomenal coach. And I learned even who, regardless who I, whoever I thought was a good coach or if I thought they weren't a great coach, I always took something from them. I always tried to learn something. I always tried to, you know, I, I remember, oh, yeah, I would take that. I, I, I like that. I believe in that, I should say. You know, I believe in that. I would I would do that or I, maybe I wouldn't do that. You know, you're always, you know, you're always assessing things. You're always putting your own spin on things. And I think that's kind of molded me into, and even, and even working with, even working now, like my first year in the league in, in, uh, in Sudbury working under Corey Stillman, like this guy is 17 years, two cups, like guy knows what he's talking about. Right. So, and did I agree with everything that Corey said? Not all the time. No, important to, to, uh, communicate that and, and work through it, but you should always be trying to get better. You should always be trying to kind of take the positives or, you know, always, always thinking proactively rather than negatively. And, and that's what I try to do. And I guess that's kind of molded me, you know, that's kind of molded me into the type of coach that I am to this day. You know, I think that's obviously fantastic here with the game sports show. We do uh, coverage a lot with, uh, through our ESPN uh, coverage with software communications, doing coverage with Jerry Linscombe Jr., you know, being at the lot of the games, I don't really, we don't work with Jerry on any uh, of announcements, but we're at every game here that's uh, with the Hounds, and obviously, as a coach, you know, it fits you very well, and it's awesome what you have done, uh, like, kind of post-career. Now, it's it's just fantastic. Now, you, the Hounds are, I, I always say they're not in a rebuilding time, but say retooling is a better kind of word it's not like you had the the same team that went to the finals against hamilton by any means but you know you, you had the right pieces in place there with the hounds right like uh, obviously there's question marks with malik because of what's going on with this current world right now hashtag covid19 that's all we're going to say about covid uh and it just kind of seems like the, the pieces are in place are Pitlick. there's a uh, some local talent there with mckay it just the, the pieces are there with the hounds uh, and I'm sure, like, I hope that you guys can get a Memorial Cup bid. Now, I know by the time this upload uh, comes to the show, maybe we'll know more if that's a thing or if even if it is or isn't. It just seems like the, this is a hockey town here and players want to play here because, like you said a bit earlier, it's a program that's always uh, superior. You guys have been in the playoffs for how many years in a row now? I can't remember. Tom, I think it's almost eight, like eight. And I don't know what would have happened this year, obviously, but you've been in the playoffs a lot, right? And it's an organization that's successful. And I think the Hounds are on the right step of getting back to that championship form. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, from a managerial standpoint, I mean, I know, you know, I'm not going to say too much, but I, I think Rafty's done a great job with uh, with bringing talent in, and it's and the Memorial Cup bid is just it's so exciting, right? It's so exciting for the city, so exciting for the organization. I mean, it's uh, you're never going to please everybody, right? You're always going to have the naysayers and things like that, but uh, you know what it could bring to the community and, and obviously to the team is is just enormous, right? So. Um, everybody's doing everything they can to, to hopefully, you know, hopefully we get it. And, and even, but even if we don't, like, I mean, you know, we have, uh, guaranteed, like we have a chip on our shoulders, right? I mean, last season was, was anything from what, uh, you know, anybody expected or wanted. I mean, I know all rebuilding this and that, well, our expectations were, 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 were high in that room. And, uh, you know, obviously we had a little bit of a, of a younger roster, but, Hopefully we've uh, we've learned through some of the growing pains and and we can turn this whole COVID uh, season ending thing last year in, into a positive and utilize our time right like I mean we've had an ample amount of time here to 
to for guys to improve get you know faster bigger stronger and and for us coaches as well to improve and 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 i think that's basically is what you know what what we're the steps that we're taking in order to to make sure we're ready for hopefully december right is what they release so um it's a great organization to work for and i'm not just saying that because i played here and i live here i mean it's uh you know you can obviously see it you don't have to look very far to see the investments that uh ownership has made in the last little while obviously there's a brand new brand new jumbotron down there in the gardens it's beautiful and uh, you know it's just it's it's they just want people to succeed and, and these are the types of people that you want to work for these are the type of people that you want to surround yourself with so you know we'll quietly do our thing you know the coaches have been constant communication all off season here with little projects little video projects and things like that and um everybody's just super excited to get going hopefully it's in december but hopefully you know hopefully we, everything gets sorted out we're not going to get too heavy into the you know what's going on in the world today but um you know hopefully everything's everybody's healthy and we can start right i know everybody's amped up to start some guys have some uh you know the draft's supposed to be in october so hopefully some of our guys get called then uh, i know probably o'rourke and pitlick for sure and then hopefully some other guys as well karen's and Dickie and all the guys on the list hopefully get called. So it's an exciting time, even though we're 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 kinda treading water here, we're kinda at a standstill. It's uh it's still an exciting time for us. Oh it is, definitely. And I, I just always so optimistic about the hounds because it's always exciting to watch with you behind the bench. I know Brooksy said it. You know, you're even competitive behind the bench is fantastic. Now Brooksy, I kinda a little bit of uh talking time for me there, which I it's pretty standard sometimes. Uh but any <laughs> Any more points uh, you want to bring up in terms of his coaching before we get to our conclusion? No, I just think, uh, you know, I think you guys covered it all. And, uh, you know, I do think you're doing a great job. And, and I love the passion, my friend. Uh, I know that's the way you played. So it's it's great to see. And, uh, you know, I like I said, I remember coming out and skating with you before I went over to Europe every time. And uh, I just love the passion. And, uh it got me excited actually to come out there and get ready to go back playing. So I appreciate that. Awesome, Brooksy. It was always it was always good having you out there. Always good having a good vet out there to show the young guys how it's done, right? Do it right every time. <laughs> do it right <laughs> yeah. every time, man. Like, or go to go. the back of the line. Go to the if you don't go to the back. <laughs> if you don't know, don't go. Number one rule. Right. Oh, that's <laughs> Still a big thing. I remember I used to always go to the back line. Dave, like Dave, you're, you're fucking you're right. Record. Dave's a drill killer for sure. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Won. And no idea either. Just out there yeah. wheeling around. Yeah. No idea what he did. What? I, I like that me? Toy. Was I that like, me? I like that toy where you wind up and then the legs just go and it's real fast. Yeah. It just dies out not knowing where the hell the that's, that's you know what? There's two questions that we ask at the end, Smitty, with uh, yeah. kind of throw you on the spot questions. They're not anything serious. They're always fun, just so you have a heads up. But uh, so Brooksy and I will go into two questions. I'll go first. If you can, if you had to choose a D partner to play one more game with, with whom you played with, who would you choose? Brad Stavis. Mm, the easy answer. Quick and easy. That was Fuck. quick. That was oh, quick. buddy. Stavi. <laughs> yeah, Stavi. Yeah. Not people. Well. I don't know. There's some good ones, but Stavi sticks out just because we're just such good friends, right? It's like, yeah. you know, we've uh, we've we've had a lot of fun times together, did a lot of fishing together, and uh, but yeah, oh yeah, Stavi and I together is like a two-headed monster, you know. It was like, I don't think there's anybody in the league that liked coming into the gardens when uh, 
you know, was Marty Abrams put Stabby and I together and a little bit the year after, but then he got dealt there. He got dealt to Ottawa and that, you know what, that springboard his career. He had a great career after, but if I could take one more rip with Stabby, uh, one more round with him, that'd be great. With Gillies on the wing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the funny thing is Gillies was a defenseman. Probably yes. he might have before originally, and then they moved him to forward. Yes, yes. Uh, Hunter Hunter did. He oh. talked to me about that. Mark Hunter moved him in Sarnia, or yeah, moved him to a D, or wanted to move him to a D, and and he was the no or something like that. He was cursing out Mark Hunter. I said, oh yeah, <laughs> standard. <laughs> I'll let I'll let that go on a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Brooksy. The, uh, yeah, Plus. my question is like, well, the one I, I always ask is, you know, I know you talked about all the coaches you had, you know, over the years and how you've taken a little bit from each of them. I'm just wondering, is there someone, even when you were younger on your way, that was a huge influence? I know you said your dad was, but uh, someone who really influenced you as a coach to become the player that you are, like really had like kind of molded you and like kind of just maybe took you to that level of you being able to get drafted to the second round? Ooh, that's a tough question, Brooksy. I mean, uh, yeah, like I had a lot of help, obviously, going through minor hockey. Jim McMillan, like Mike's dad, sticks out in my head because when I first got switched to D, um, he, he, he had me on his outdoor rink, like showing me how to pivot and teach, you know, picking up pucks and things like that. So early on, he really sticks out as somebody who influenced me big time. But um, probably Denny, probably Denny Lambert, because uh, Denny, uh, I trained with Denny, believe it or not. We had the same trainer, Mike Callen. Well, all us guys trained with Mike back then, and I know some guys still do, but it's like Denny and Stevenson and Toms, Jeff Toms, and, you know, and all these guys came through through Mike. But uh, Denny, um, Denny's wife, Rhonda, was like best friends with my cousin, okay, if you could follow that. So he kind of took me under his wing right off the bat and not in a, not in a, you got to fight type of thing, but just like, just another guy to be like, this is what you need to do that you need to work out. You need to, you need to come to Mike every day or, you know, you need to eat properly. And then, uh, Denny ended up getting hired by the Greyhounds. Okay. In my, after my, so I had Denny my third and fourth year. So both years I was an assistant captain. Denny ran the D. And uh, just having Denny there, obviously having a little bit of a, of a relationship with him out before he became the coach. But wh- when he became the D coach, you know, it was good having there because he had just gone through it. And, and you know, when you're there, like Denny carved out a, a career that, you know, out of pure will. Right. And, yeah. and but he was but the thing is, is that when you're there, you say what you want about Denny. But when you're there. You know, you, you're there with guys every day. He's there working with Chris Phillips every day, who was an outstanding thousand-game defenseman. You're there with these guys that are the best of the best, and, and you're learning these habits. You're learning how to survive, what it takes to be there every day, and what, it, you, know, what, what you need to do to get there, right? And I was lucky that I, got, I had guys in my corner telling me, you know, not only my dad, like you said, Brooksy, it's like, you know, I had Denny, and I had Tomsey, and Gaves, and I had these older guys that, you know, I looked up to Marty Turco even, right? Like guys that I looked up to that, you know, they showed you the way to go. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do now, right? It's like, I'm not saying I have all the answers. I, I'm still trying to, you know, develop as a coach and get better, but I got a pretty good idea, 
So if I can pass anything on, I, that's what I try to do. Yeah, that's fantastic. See, that's, that's there's always so many influential people into someone's life when they played, and it's it's if, just if if you let them know, if you let them influence you, right? There's then believe me, there were guys that tried to influence me in a bad way too, right? Like you got to decipher that. You got to make good decisions, and and that's a big part of it as well, being successful. But you know, I was lucky. I had I had guys looking out for me too, so. That's just the key thing, and that's the great thing about hockey, right? It's just what happens while you play, after you play, and everything it could turn out to be in the community is just so huge when it comes to hockey. Certainly something that keeps everyone together. Look at us talking on our on the show here. It's all fantastic stuff. Now, uh, Smitty, like, you know, uh, we went a little bit extra time than we thought we would, but that's that's standard here, too. Uh, you know, that that's one thing we do. We peg for one time, but we always go a little bit more, and it's because we always had some fantastic content with all our guests, but with you, sir, it was uh, fantastic to actually finally have you on after some planning and it was uh great just to have you on the show overall you shared some great stories and experiences that was uh, certainly entertaining that you know well i'll never forget well it's, thanks guys it's great great to be on uh, I, I wish you guys obviously the utmost success and uh it's great to chat brooksy yeah, as always cheers. and uh dave yeah I, uh, I wish you success my friend Definitely, and we'll see each other around the rink too when the seasons get all started. Keep your, keep your head up in the corner, Dave. Oh, I will. <laughs> all right. I'll just, you, I'll just dangle you uh, through the legs, you know. Then I'll try the, to. Walk. The puck will be the puck will be square when you're done with it, Dave. You can't be killing <laughs> you can't be killing snakes out there on the ice. You know, there's no snakes out there. I gotta get that Mayor's Cup ring from you. That's my goal. Then I might quit playing. That's about that. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless. Right I'll, on. We'll see each other around the rink, too. Hopefully everything gets back to normal in December. But even outside that, if uh, we can have you on sometime in the near future again, we will certainly be doing that. Brooksy, I don't want to take the conclusion floor away from you, too, my friend, before I sign off. Yeah, no, like I said, I've said it before. Uh, you know, I wish you all the best. I wish I'm rooting for the Hounds. You know, I'm a Niagara boy, but, uh, you know, living here in the Hounds and having so many friends involved, you know, like Tardif, I played with Diener. It's uh, it's great to see what you guys are doing and uh, the building there with the hounds. So uh, you know I'll be definitely rooting for them and uh, and you guys. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it as always, and uh, I'll see you in that championship in the Mayor's Cup, buddy. Oh. <laughs> Clappers only. <laughs> Sounds good, boys. Thanks for having me. Of course, thanks obviously again to Brendan Brooks and to Jordan Smith for joining us. Uh, make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe in all the platforms of the game that include Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Podtail, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, you can check out our website, thegamesportshow.com. And fun fact, you can make that your app on your home screen on your phone. You just simply follow the settings of your phone from an Android or an Apple phone. You can simply just click it and you always keep up to date with the update. Bye. And I'm here to remind you, this is the first time Smitty's going to hear this live, uh, to keep your stick on the ice, swing your back, catch your touchdown, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah. You have been listening to The Game Sports Show, powered by Gem. This edition of The Game was brought to you by Compass Imaging Group and Demansky Office Interiors. We would also like to thank our other sponsors and broadcasting partners, part of The Game Sports Show family. ESPN 1400, Northern Superior Brewing Company, Sports Center Bar and Grill, Living Sisu, North Shore Sports and Auto, and Thrush Creative Co. Yes, he's a th-